Hey everybody, this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Industrial Revolution, talking about corruption going on with the prohibition and stuff like that, and also with Hollywood and motion pictures. But first, it's moto time. Hey, remember, rich people, poor people, poor people like rich, rich people like poor. Think about that when it comes to tax time. Just pay your bills. Hey, don't rob Peter to pay Paul. And hey, remember, like my daddy always says, never quit your day job while conquering the world because you can do whatever you want to do as long as you are able to conquer that world. Time is money. Money is time. Wasting time, you're wasting my money. We don't want to waste money. Don't want to waste your time. Hey, right now, we're going to have what you call the, the Chronicle Crime. We'll have the Crime Files. In the Crime Files, it's a special shout-out. Crime Files is where we do a shout-out. This shout-out goes out to a, a, a very special person that I want to shout-out to. This person is called, this person is Monica. Monica is an OG. Everyone in the Crime Files that I shout-out is going to be an OG. Monica's an OG. The reason why I say Monica's an OG, she's a ride or die. When I say ride or die, let's say you and you and Monica are going somewhere and shit's about to hit the fan. Monica's gonna sit there and say, Who do I gotta who do I gotta knock out? That'll be Monica. That's an OG. In the crime files, we did a shout out. That's the OG. If you know Monica, you know that's an OG right there. That's a ride or die person. Every so often in the crime files, we're going to be doing shout outs in the in this crime thing about corruption. We're going to do a special crime file shout out. This one, the first one is to Monica. She's an OG. If you know Monica, you know an OG. Monica is like, I don't say Monica is a BFF. They call best friends forever. No. Monica is beyond. Monica is beyond the best friend forever. Monica is an OG. What I mean that if Monica tells you like a good example, here I'll use this example. Monica told me once, this is an example, not really happening. Monica will tell me, hey, I want you not to socialize with that person. And I want you not to socialize with that person. And I go like, okay. Don't ask why. I just go, okay. Or Monica will be like, don't go to that restaurant. Just don't go there. You don't go there. You don't ask her, you don't ask her why. You just don't go there. If she says, I don't want you to go to that restaurant. I don't, I don't like that restaurant. I'm not welcome there. I'm not welcome there, so I don't want you to go there. You'd be like, okay, you're not welcome? That means I'm not welcome. That's Monica. That's an OG. That's in the crime files. That's a shout out to Monica and stuff. All right? Just remember that. That's called Monica is not a BFF. She's a ride or die. That's right there. So shout out to Monica. Hey, Monica. Now, let's begin. Now, we talk about when it comes to corruption and stuff. We can go far back in the old days as the Purple Hat Gang. Purple Hat Gang was a gang that was that was also during the time of prohibition, during the time of the days of when they they passed this new resolution of the prohibition law, and the prohibition law was they banned alcohol because somebody in Congress decided let's get rid of this alcohol thing. Well, when they banned alcohol, that bring to the that 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 brought on the rise of crime syndicates, mainly the mob, mainly the Italians, the Irish. Italians, the Irish, the Jewish, and the blacks, the colored people, as well as the Asians. Those came up through the prohibition because they had to find a way of making money. They were they were like, okay, well, you're going to do this. Well, I'm going to make money. And guess what? They made money. And then you had the people from the Appalachian areas, the backwoods, the Kentucky, the West Virginia, people from West Virginia, Kentucky, um, uh, Virginia, people from the South. Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, you know, Georgia, 
North Carolina, South Carolina. People from down those areas were making moonshine because people up north, far as like New, like New York, New Jersey, um, D.C., people up in Boston, like like in Boston, Massachusetts, people up there and those areas like Philly and Cleveland, Detroit, areas around there, they, 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 they were like, I need that alcohol. And people also from places like Missouri were making moonshine. They were moonshiners. So what, what did they do? What did they need it? They needed runners. They're called bootleggers. They call them bootleggers. And they needed moonshiners. Moonshiners is because the reason why they call themselves moonshiners is because when they made their moonshine, when they made their liquor, they made it at the light of the moon because they needed the light. They used the light of the moon to make their liquor, to make their alcohol. They distilled their liquor. That's where we get moonshine. And moonshine is also 100% pure grain alcohol. It's 100. Sometimes uh, the alcohol was 200 proof, 100 proof. And what they did was they would cut it by adding pure, adding distilled water to cut the alcohol down from uh, from 200 proof down to 100 to maybe 80 proof to 70 proof to whatever to cut it down to maximize their profit. Sometimes they will make it 100% pure and then they will sell it. To a distributor and the distributor would cut it and then recut it and then sell it to someone else. And then someone else would they would they would sell it pure and then somebody else would cut it and sell it at a half a price and keep cutting it till it gets down to like maybe 50%. And back in those days, alcohol is alcohol. And then do you know that a lot of moonshiners were were selling what you call rock gut? If you ever know what rock or well drinks, if you ever heard of the word well drink, do you know why you go to the, you know when you go to a restaurant? Or you go to a bar and you have these fruity drinks like Long Island iced tea, um, like a White Russian or Manhattan, a dirty Manhattan, a martini, you know, dirty martini. Or you had something like a rum and coke or, or you had stuff like um, a Harvey Wallbanger, um, a Rob Roy, you know, those fruity drinks, you know. Like that, margaritas, you know, just fruity, fruity drinks like that. And the reason why you have stuff like that is because during the time of the prohibition, the alcohol, the the alcohol was not that good. It was cheap rock gut alcohol that people sometimes made like bad, like gin. They call it bathtub gin. People would make alcohol in their bathtubs. They were making gin in their bathtubs. They were using any kind of thing that had alcohol in it to make liquor. And sometimes the alcohol they were using wasn't alcohol that was for human consumption. They were using factory grade alcohol, like alcohol they used in the factories to clean the machines and stuff or alcohol that they used in for like automotive and stuff, stuff that you're not supposed to be drinking. But because people want because they wanted to make that money and people were cutting and cutting stuff just to make the alcohol. And I'm telling you right now, that stuff was just horrendous. People were dying. The federal government realized they were using industrial grade alcohol. So what they did was they, they added a chemical additive in there. And that chemical additive was killing people, killing millions of people in the alcohol, killing millions. And they, the government realized that and they said, stop. At that time, also, during the time of prohibition, they were also looking out. People were scared because they were running and they were hiding and they were hiding out from the revenuers. The word revenuers are people and the G-men. If you don't know your history, G-men stands for the G in the word G-men. If you ever look at old movies, they were government agents. The word revenuers were the tax people. And the now, if you look at the nowadays, when you say tax people, that's the IRS. And the word revenuer is in the word IRS. The word IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, like the um, 
like um and stuff like that those were the revenues and stuff and as you come a little further up if you look at here's something that you did not know when it came to that nascar came out of prohibition because the the bootleggers were, were taking their cars and souping up the motors they will buy they will buy a police cars because policemen had the better motors they would buy a police car and they would souped up the motor lighten the low lighten the lighten the car they would take the back seats out and everything made the car as light as possible and they would cram it with tons of alcohol bottles of alcohol bottles and bottles of alcohol and they would bootleg it they would run it what they would do is they would drive this route during the daytime like in the daytime they would drive this route they would drive from like say they would go from say new york to to down south in the daytime on a pacific road then they go down to the to the to the to the bootleggers. They'll go down to the moonshine house, to the place where they can get their moonshine. They'll get the bottles, load it up, and they will drive that same road at night with their lights off. The reason why they did that because they didn't want to get caught by the local law enforcement or by the revenueers. Sometimes bootleggers would pay cops not to um, arrest them. They would cops would pull them over. They would hand them some money. Cops would keep on moving, keep it moving. If you didn't have that kind of money to pay off the um, police. You went to jail, and they seized your alcohol, and then and then some, and then ninety percent of the time, back in those days, cops were turning around being crooked because they weren't getting paid enough, so they were they were taking the money, they were taking the alcohol and reselling it for profit for themselves. Corruption at its finest. Oh, here's a little more corruption. Do you know the purple the purple hat gang was out of was out of Cleveland, and did you know what they did? They would wait. They would wait. Till the ice, till the till the to lake to the um Lake Erie, to the Great Lake up there by Cleveland, they will wait till the ice freezes, and then they will get their cars and put um paddles on it, and they will drive across that lake frozen to Canada, pick up a bunch of Canadian whiskey, Canadian whiskey, and then drive it back. Some cars would fall in, others would not. But most of the time, most of the cars wouldn't fall in. But there's a lot of cars that fell in and all that liquor is down in the bottom of that of that lake. And I'm telling you, sitting there, just sitting there in the bottom of that lake, just nothing but tons of alcohol because a lot of people were doing that. Going to Canada to get the liquor. Here's a little here's a little tidbit, a little more recent, Um, more recent, a little more recent. Here's something that happened. There's a company called McCormick Distillery out of Warsaw, Missouri. McCormick Distillery. Um, a bunch of Russians, businessmen, came to McCormick Distillery, bought tons, bought barrels of their of their vodka, of their cheap, cheap vodka. Because McCormick makes cheap liquor, but good liquor, but really cheap. And what these Russians were doing, they were buying their alcohol, buying their buying their vodka. Buying that cheap vodka, that McCormick's vodka, turning around, adding some chemicals, adding some food coloring and chemicals to make it look blue and calling it windshield wiper fluid, windshield cleaner, call it Windex, like Windex, windshield glass cleaner, and they will barrel it and write glass cleaner on it. And then they will turn around and ship it over to Russia. Then they will turn around and take a process and they will filter it to get all the get all that blue dye out of it. And then they turn around and resell it as Russian vodka. Here's what happened: one of the Russians got popped. A Russian, one of their, one of their got one of the Russians. I mean, he was, in, I guess, Russian American. He got popped by the police. 
and he got topped and he turned around and they told him because when here's the thing if you ever get in trouble with law enforcement for doing some like for stealing for like drugs alcohol, whatever you did if you did something that's heavy crime related and here's what they're going to do they're going to sit there and make you a ci ci stands for it's an acronym for confident confidential informant meaning that you are per, you're basically the snitch and the cops can sit there and they will tell you if you don't give me something you're going to jail because they, they're going to they're going to threaten you they threaten you and tell you if you don't give me something give me something anything if you don't give me something i'm going to take your ass to jail cops do that and i heard this story cops don't lie that's bs that's actually bullshit cops do lie and they do they do that on purpose because in order for them to get in order for them to get the truth they gotta lie to you or like the good example you go to jail if you say you and your boys go to jail or you and your girls go to jail they'll say oh well she or they say well Susie they'll say well Susie Susie Rockcrotch already snitched she told she gave you up and then you'll be like what Susie gave me up no no Susie's the one that did it and then they start uh-huh, and then they go back to her well hey Sally Mae gave you up Susie Rockcrotch what boom, boom, boom. pitting y'all together and then see who tells the story and if y'all both story matches, somebody's going to jail. That's what happened. And somebody's going to jail. That's how they do that. If you look at First 48, you see so many snitches on that episode of First 48. You see how these people just snitching. If you didn't do it, you know, and if you didn't do it, but you know someone, they'd be like, I know you know. You know who did it. Just tell me. You probably wasn't there, but you know. Give me something. We're going to be here all night. I would have been there all night. If I didn't do it, I'd be there all night. If you are a ride or die person, you you don't snitch. You don't you know if you're a true ride or die person, you take that like you take that L and go sit in jail. But some people nowadays they don't take that L. Here's a good example: Takashi Six Nine. He made it. He said it best. He said he said it best like this. Look, he says, "I'm sitting in jail. I'm doing time, and y'all want me not to y'all want me not to snitch. So where are y'all?" Who's going to sit there and do the time for me? Who's going to sit there and do my time when I'm in jail? Okay, so you know who's going who's going to feed my family? Who's going to put? Who's going to give my wife? Who's going to give my baby mama some money for my kids? Who's going to feed my kids while I'm sitting in jail? None of y'all. Y'all want me to be a ride or die? Who's going to hold me down? Y'all going to put money on my books while I'm in jail? No, of course not. You're not even going to come and see me. So that's why I snitched. Cause I'm out here. I like the word freedom. They tell me, hey, you tell us what we need to know, I'll let you go. You can be free. He sat there, hurried up, and he started snitching. He started singing like a songbird. Sad, but there's, like I said, the old world notions of, and the same thing with the mob mentality. Look at what happened in the mobs. The mafiosos, back in the day, used to have this word called La Costa Nostra. It means our own. That's a mob mentality. They had this mob thing where in the mob in the mob thing, they had this thing where you don't snitch. You don't you don't snitch at all. But then all of a sudden, the federal government started telling these guys, if you're going to jail. And these guys were like, okay, I'm going to jail. Boom, go to jail. While he's in jail, the, the, the families are taking care of him. But then all of a sudden these young kids got up into the ranks and all of a sudden the mob the cops are like, You're going to jail. You're doing 30 years, you're doing 50 years, you're doing life. They're like, uh, I can't go to jail. Uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. So they started snitching. And then boom, boom, boom. Then next you know it, another one snitches. And another one snitches. Another one snitches. And they're just snitching. People are just telling on each other. And there's no more loyalty. 
No more riot, no more loyalty in the mob mentality. Did you know that um, people couldn't believe it? I did not know this, that the Jewish people had a gang and they were selling prohibition. They were selling alcohol as well during that time. And did you, I did not know this until I started researching. Did you know that the reason why they banned, um, did you know the reason why they banned, you know, marijuana back then was imported into the U.S. by the federal government, was importing bales of barrels of marijuana from Mexico to the U.S. Yes, Mexicans were, you know, just powering all this stuff into the thing and stuff. And did you also know the U.S. government was just bailing into this stuff here? And then all of a sudden, we, you know, we had cocaine and everything. Cocaine and heroin was in food product, was in stuff like um, Coca-Cola, cocaine. You know, they had cocaine and toothpaste. They had cocaine and facial creams. You know, they had heroin. That's why they had the thing, the old saying, have you ever heard of the um, aspirin, Bayer, the wonder drug? They had heroin in it. It was a wonder drug. Yes, people people used to go to houses called the opium houses. If you go to Chinatown and stuff, they had, um, they had um, things like that where people down there were, were doing heroin. They're doing opium. They were doing the hookahs, the opium hookahs. That's what happened. And it was controlled by the Chinese. Chinese were supporting the, and that opium was pure. 100% wasn't cut, wasn't stepped on. Yeah, it was all that corruption. People, I mean, the money that everybody was making was, was they were robbing. And, and, then, and then all these police officers and all these law enforcement back then were just, were just seizing stuff. Did you know that a lot of manufacturers and distilleries were, were just seized and destroyed, burnt up by the revenuers and stuff? They would come into um, a, like a moonshine house and they would just destroy it, set it on fire. People were like, what the hell? Millions of dollars were lost. A lot of lives were lost. You know that in the days back in the doing prohibition, they had a thing called the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. That's where the mob went out and started killing people because someone else did another shooting. They did another shooting. Yes, yes, the mob mentalities were back then. They were ruthless back then. And then you had people back then because that was also during the time of the depression. The prohibition and depression was tied in together. And during depression, you had people like Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy Floyd, John Dillinger, Bonnie and Clyde. Those people were robbing banks. They were going to small towns, robbing those banks for all their money. Just going in there, shooting up people, sh- shooting up people, taking, you know, robbing banks and stuff. Hey, just give up the money. I won't shoot you. People hand the money over and they, keep, and they get out of there in the next town. Next town, next town, next town. They were just popping them banks one by one. The federal government was like, do you know that um, in Minnesota, they paid, they actually paid, they actually paid. The, they paid bank robbers not to come. They told them, don't come here. We'll give you money not to come here and rob us. Minnesota did that. One of the only few places that actually did that in Minnesota. In Minneapolis, I think it was Minneapolis or St. Paul. I know it was Minnesota. They paid them not to come there and rob them. People didn't go there. And then you had like um, Bonnie and Clyde. They were, you know, they were running around, both of them running around shooting. They had a massive shootout in the Midwest. I think that was in Missouri or was it Kansas? They had a big massive shootout and they died. They didn't bring them alive. They they killed them. I remember um, John Dillinger came to Kansas City. You can go to actually you can actually go to Kansas City and go right down, right down in Midtown, you know, right downtown to the train station, the old Union Station train station, and there and you look on the on the outside of the building, you'll see bullet holes. 
of where, where John Dillinger was being transported by the by the by the feds, by the G-men, by the government. They were transporting him when his boys came out and they shot up with the police, with the feds, and took them out. And they just boom got him free. Stuff like that. And the reason why Babyface Nelson and John Dillinger was his larger than life person. People was like, he was that folk hero of stuff that where everybody was like, whoa. And Babyface Nelson, the reason why they call him that, the G-Men call him that because he had a baby face. You know, and Pretty Boy, you know, Babyface Nelson, that's, you know, that's why they call him that. Because of that. And, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, and these guys got all these nicknames. And Scarface, Alfonso Capone, got that nickname Scarface because of the scar on his face. And the reason why he got the scar on his face is because he worked at a bar. And while he was there, one of the owners, one of the big, big shot owners, um, wife was there and he was flirting with her. And he flirted with her to the point the guy was mad. The guy turned around and cut him. Literally went at him. Went at him and cut him. He had to go to the hospital to get stitches. And that's where he got that scar. And that right there was a larger life. You know, made him the made him this bigger life person. And Alfonso Capone. I think he died. Was it? I'm not sure if it was syphilis or something. But he died in, he died in prison. Yeah, he ended up going to Alcatraz. The notorious Alcatraz. Alcatraz was his island. Off of, off of the San Francisco Bay Area. That... That was a that was a federal installation that people who if you work there you actually live they had a you know that Alcatraz had a school had kids living on that kids were living on that island and it had a school it had um it had a school it had a knife kids the people that worked there actually like guards and administration people who lived there they also worked there they actually worked there they, they did that so that people could be there around the clock and that's when they had that great the great escape. Till the day, that is one of the mysteries of the, un, that's one of the unsolved mysteries about how they escaped. They never knew where they go. They know they found some of the bodies, but two of them, they cannot find. They don't know if they're alive or anything. They don't know. After that escape, they closed Alcatraz. They closed that island down of that escape. They just shut it down and stuff. And, oh, here's the thing that I did not know until I started researching. A lot of people were going to Leavenworth. Leavenworth was his federal penitentiary. At the time, penitentiaries were, uh, you went to Leavenworth. Um, they had places like Leavenworth and you also had um, Alcatraz. Those were federal installations. And Leavenworth was in Kansas. It's, it was an old army fort. It was an old army military post. And it was ran by the military. The U.S. military as well as the government ran that place. And every person went there. They were like, we're sending you to Leavenworth. And people were like, oh, no, I don't want to go to Leavenworth. Because the old prison was bad. And then in Ohio, one of the oldest prisons there, it's not old, it's not there no more, was Merriam. Merriam was, was Mansfield, not Merriam, Mansfield. Mansfield Prison was one of these old, old, outdated, uh, it was an old prison. And then, and, in, um, oh, and then in Illinois, they had a prison there that was outdated. They shut that one down because it was falling apart. And then New Jersey had a prison that was outdated and antiquated. And then the um and then and in New York State they had Sing Sing. It's one of the oldest prisons there. Sing Sing was one of the old prisons. And then Rikers, Rikers Island. They said Rikers Island, Rikers Prison. They said Rikers Island. It was the reason why it was called Rikers. I think it was because it was in Manhattan or something. But Rikers was a little small, tiny prison. And also. Did you know that in New York, in the city of New York, inmates worked on Devil's Island? 
Devil's Island was this little tiny island where all the people that did not, there were John Doe's or Jane Doe's that were unnamed, that weren't unnamed, didn't know who they were, they were buried there. And also all the people who died of AIDS were buried there. Talking about corruption at its finest, the New York Police Department is the most corrupt police department there is. Did you know that in the, in the state of New York, in the city of New York, their police department had a gang, had a, had a gang unit, had a, had a gang ter- mob mentality unit. Yes, um, there was a unit within a unit. And these guys were cops that were out there literally doing doing nothing but gang related mentality. They were going to like they were going to neighborhoods and just start popping people left and right, pulling people over for nothing. If you were black or brown, you end up getting charged for a crime for something you didn't do. And they were just trumping charges on you. In New Jersey, they did the same thing. In New Jersey, they had a gang unit in New Jersey, and this gang unit was going around just ruthless. There's a documentary called Policing the Police by Frontline. If you go on YouTube, look that up. That video talks about these guys and how this this kid was walking home. And this cop literally got out of his car and told him to come here. And the kid was like, kid kept walking. He said, you don't walk from me. And he grabbed him and choked him and threw him to the ground, yanked him to the ground, um, violated all his rights. And they said, well, he needs to listen. I mean, I mean, come on. That's something that you don't do. I mean, we're human beings. We're living in a society of this is America. That's what I thought. Whatever, or depending on where you live at, if you live in another country, it depends on your laws. But in America, you can't do that. But them cops got away with it. They had this mentality. And then, and then in L.A., they had a unit called Rampart, the crash unit. Rampart and crash unit. Those were, those were units that were the gang unit. They were mob mentality. These guys were just going out. They were go. They were going bust up these gangs. They were going to neighborhoods like they were going to Watts. They were going to Compton. Just driving down the road. They were just pulling up. They would jump out of the cars. Uh, just, just start. Just start. They didn't. They had no remorse. They didn't care. They trumped up charges. If you ever seen the movie um, Straight Out of Compton, you see exactly. You see exactly what happened when L, when. Um, when Ice Cube and them talked about it in their movie, they did it, portrayed them how they were a rap group. Their manager had to had to tell the cops that these guys are these guys are these guys are rappers. These guys are hip hop artists. These are rappers. These guys are these guys are not criminals. And the cops were like, I don't give a goddamn flying fuck. Whatever. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. See, in the society we have today, there's corruption everywhere. And corruption is just just this massive restructuring that we have to overhaul and we have to overhaul all the restructuring of this crime and stuff there's you know people say there's crime everywhere but it's no bigger crime than the crime that they did of the century the crime of the century and my next my next podcast i'm going to talk about the crime of the century that the crime that the federal government did that everyone don't a lot of people don't even know that it happened and this is a crime that everyone did not realize a lot of a lot of you young people don't know about this crime but i'm going to break it down to you and tell you about this crime hey i want to thank you for listening to my podcast hey this podcast is sponsored by blackblueelectronica.com hey for all your hot all your good fine electronic needs go to blackblueelectronica.com and you can find whatever you need go there hey Get all your electronic needs. Hit me up on social media. Go to Marine Cookie 3381. That's my MOS when I was in the United States Marine Corps. I was a cook. Also, go to 
Twitter, look up t- look up tips fifty five seven at gmail.com. Hit me up, it's JR Bell. You can also go to Facebook if you want to go and make a post about anything. Go directly to this post, Can City Hood Sales and Yard Sales. You can find your post there. Post anything you want to post about jobs, business, whatever you want to sell. If you're selling stuff, if you're selling clothes or whatever, post it. If you live, if you don't live in Kansas City, you can still post stuff. Um, make sure you put a um, adequate shipping charges. So if somebody say from say Dallas, Texas, want to buy something from you, make sure you have some shipping charges. If you're if you're if a person's local. And to like say someone's in Kansas City and you're from Kansas City and you posted something and they local you can do what you call free free pickup you know but if they're not you got to do the adequate shipping make sure you put that in there and let everybody know that hey I want to tell you I appreciate each and every one of you listening to my podcast hey we're going to do the Chronicle Files and next time on Chronicle Files I'm going to do a special shout out to another OG in the Chronicle Files you're going to know that alright this is Jared Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast and hey by the way Bravo 6 is going dark